0: Please tell me you're going to splice in The Boys Are Back in Town from Thin Lizzy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Guess who just got back today Them wild-eyed boys that had been away Haven't changed, had much to say But man, I still think them cats are great.
0: Listening to Think Funny with Aaron Donnelly, Nate Sadler, and Matt Donnelly. For show notes and to check out Aaron's books, please visit AaronDonnelly.com. And now, the show that only thinks it's funny, the Think Funny
2: Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Think Funny Podcast. What do I say at the beginning? Uh, <laughs> this is this is Aaron Donnelly. I'm here with my co-host Nate Sadler. Hey, everybody. And Matt Donnelly. We're back, guys. So we took a hiatus of, I don't know, maybe nine months or so, and and uh, maybe longer. But we're back for This Week in History. Uh, oh, sorry. Nate, what is it called?
0: This Week in History.
2: <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> So uh, how you guys doing? Uh, anything interesting happened to you guys this week?
1: My uh, daughter has a new saying that uh, she said about a billion times this week. Uh, but it's pretty cool. And we probably could use it. We could definitely use it for this show. Um, and we could probably use it in other situations. But she started saying what's funny about that. So like when there's something, yes. so there's something on TV or she sees us laughing, she'll be like, what's funny about that? Oh,
2: so yeah, yeah. I would
1: love to say, I would love to do that to somebody next time I talk to somebody and they t- say a joke or something. I just look at them like, what's funny about that?
2: Yeah. Keep asking, uh, even if they explain it. Yeah, keep
0: that's like something, uh, something like data from Star Trek would say. Yeah. he doesn't understand. Yes. It's just like yeah. data. Yeah.
1: It's very, it's very cute, but it probably wouldn't be so cute coming from me.
0: So. Does she oh. look at you just expressionless? Like, how is that funny?
2: And you are like tough crowd, and you, like pull your collar.
1: <laughs> Sometimes I get, I just get uh, frustrated. i would mean, be like, nothing, nothing is funny.
0: <laughs> the thing uh, that I enjoyed the most this week was I don't know if you guys saw John Stewart from, you know, he used to be host of the Daily Show. Mm. Yes
2: i didn't see the whole clip but i know there was some controversy over it well he was
0: on uh colbert uh john stewart went completely off on the lab leak theory and did not let colbert even get a word in edgewise and i can't do it justice but john stewart it was cutting and funny at the same time that's what i loved about it so my favorite part was when he said uh it's like uh, we've had an outbreak of chocolatey goodness near Hershey, Pennsylvania. <laughs> what, what could it be from? Oh, it was just so good.
2: Like the liberal in me doesn't want to believe that that's true, but it does probably make sense that if it came from a place where they were testing this and people were getting sick that were working there and that there's maybe something to it.
0: If you're a conspiracy theorist like me, it's a good validation. And when you get one out of a billion correct. <laughs>
2: yeah that's good nate i'll let you have that one man good for you what about you aaron um i've been working the uh so the olympic trials are happening right now in my town and i always manage the waste and recycling for them um like sustainability stuff and which really means i just pull garbage bags and drive around in a golf cart um but I love the, the interaction between the the, secu- the crowd control security people, because they're not carnies, but they're also not not carnies. <laughs> <Like> they're, <laughs> they're carnies with power. <laughs> and uh, I love the interactions between highly educated, wealthy track fans <laughs> and, the carny- and the security people telling them what they can and can't do. Uh, it's great. Some kind of people that are like softball umpires. You run into this a lot. Like
0: okay, I can feel I can feel what you're saying. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in the real world outside of this context, they have very little power, but in this context, they have absolute power. <laughs> and and if you argue or throw a fit, you're gonna look like a total ass. So it's a it's a great thing to watch. It's- I just noticed that this microphone is so sensitive, it's picking up all my toe cracking. You guys hear that? <laughs> I probably crack my toe, I don't know, five to 700 times a day, probably, (laughs) conservatively. So much so, I think I've told you guys this before, that Jenny just says the word toe. Uh, Well, about three years ago, she just started saying the word toe. If we were watching TV and I would be cracking it, like not knowing. And now she just like barely glances over, or she won't even glance, she'll just raise an eyebrow. (laughs) And then we can pick it up in stereo sound now, because of my microphone. (laughs) All right, so this week in history, we are starting off. So this week, we're covering the week of August 30th through September 4th.
0: This week in history.
2: August 30th. Uh, August 30th. So I got uh, in the year 1146 – European leaders out, outlaw the crossbow, intending to end war for all time. So it was crossbow control. <laughs> and uh, I think people said if you outlaw crossbows, only outlaws will have crossbows. <laughs> and the Pope actually tried to outlaw crossbows uh, several times, but he intended to outlaw uh, to ban using crossbows only on Christian on Christian crime. <laughs> so... Uh, they're still allowed to be used against pagans and Muslims. How do you um,
0: legislate that? Do you have to yell across <laughs> the battlefield like,
2: hey, are you Episcopalian? <laughs> One year after the ban, Pope Gregory the Fourth used mounted crossbowmen against an alliance of European kingdoms that were all Christian, so that fell apart pretty quickly. They would continue to play a role in combat until after the fifteenth century, when advances in gunpowder slowly rendered them obsolete. And that's when the Pope declared all gunpowder weapons to be demonic, forever eliminating guns throughout the world once and for all. If
0: I had to do a cro- uh, medieval weapons draft, it would definitely be crossbow. I like I the love- mace. I always thought the mace was a great weapon. Yeah. I, it's a little close contact for me, yeah. but the crossbow is just fun.
2: I love in like the medieval movies, those giant catapults where they – They'll even have like giant ogres like cranking them, and then they they trebuchet is what those Uh, are called. Yeah, and they throw like whatever like a mile. Those are always fascinating. It's got a
0: French name, so they can only launch white flags. (laughs) They don't (laughs) launch weapons. (laughs)
2: 1888. I only did this because after I started reading this, I, f- I think I found the most British man ever. Lord Walsingham kills 1,070 grouse in a single day. That was an event. So grouse is like a game hen or something. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
2: his name is Thomas de Grey, 6th Baron Walsingham uh, of Merton Hall, Northfolk. He's the son of Thomas de Grey, 5th Baron Walsingham. He was born uh, in the family's London house Educated in Cambridge, sat as a conservative member of parliament. I love this. From from 1874 to 1875, he served as a (laughs) lord-in-waiting. He was uh, elected fellow of the Royal Society in 1887. He collected butterflies and moths from a young age and donated his uh, collection of over 260,000 specimens. Uh, He was a first-class cricketer. He represented the gentleman in a gentleman versus players match in 1863 he was on the same cricket team as Prince of Wales. Uh, so this is the date. On August 30th, 1888, Lord Walsington had a, had a remarkable day shooting on Blubberhouse's moor, Yorkshire, when he killed 1,070 gross. Uh, the day started at the first of 20 drives, assisted by two teams of 40 beaters, two loaders, and four guns. Uh, during the 16th drive, he shot 94 gross in 21 minutes. And the last drive finished, and his lordship managed to shoot 14 gross on his walk home. <laughs> anyway, so uh, most British man ever uh, nominee, Lord Walsingham. Did he Did he use a Gatlin gun? <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. That's Who's the growth. guy
0: counting? He's like, uh, oh, shit. <laughs> he gets to like... Uh, it's somewhere in the 500s and he's like, wait, 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 wait. I think I missed a couple. I got to start over.
2: He killed one every 13 seconds that day, apparently. So
0: Where where would you go? That's a real hot spot for him. <laughs>
2: yeah. You know, he must have had like like people releasing them. He must have stashed them ahead of time. It's like when you stash a night before the uh, Black Friday sale. Mm. He stashed a bunch of gross somewhere.
0: I think that should uh, overtake fish in a barrel, <laughs> as an expression because that's a lot of grouse yeah is it grouse
2: i'm sorry yeah it's
0: a grouse it's like a okay. quail or a pheasant
2: it's like it's shooting grouse in blubber houses more yorkshire <laughs>
0: <laughs> i bet that guy never smiled he sounds like a guy who never smiled
2: last one i had was ted williams was born august 30th 1918 so i just i we love ted williams we love his head we love the stories of his head and uh If you don't know, go back and listen to it. There's great stories about um, people throwing things at his head that's frozen. But I also learned that he was inducted into the International Fishing Hall of Fame. He was a legendary fisherman. So,
0: Hmm.
2: happy birthday, Ted Williams.
0: Who who inducted him? Is it like (laughs) Rock and Roll Hall of Fame where another band inducts you? Babe Winkleman. It's got to be. I don't know another one.
2: August
1: 31st. Speaking of Hall of Fames in 1960 the national agricultural center and hall of fame was established by congress which a couple of things struck me there one why is congress establishing an agricultural hall of fame and (laughs) slow day (laughs) slow week in congress and secondly could there be a more boring hall of fame than the agricultural hall of fame?
2: The interactive displays are just like pots of dirt. <laughs> you just walk and stand by.
1: Yeah. So I was looking at other hall of fames um, just to see, and there's you know tons of music ones and sports ones, but some interesting ones, there's a burlesque hall of fame, mm-hmm. um, a, a caddy hall of fame. So the golfers don't get all the credit, uh, a robot hall of fame, uh, of course, there's a Magic the Gathering Hall of Fame and a Circus Hall of Fame, which actually probably would be pretty interesting.
2: I think the Magic the Gathering Hall of Fame is, is held on a corner market that is like also sells water pipes and some t shirts, <laughs> and there's some folding tables in the back.
1: The big thing, August thirty first, that was the day that uh, nineteen ninety seven that Princess Diana died. One of the big things about it is it's one of the major conspiracies, and I know we did we did a lot of shows on conspiracies and of the conspiracies surrounding her death. I think the most plausible would be that the uh, the floral industry was behind it. At the funeral and the pre- receptions and things like that, there were so many flowers, they had to turn people away. So I think the floor, right. the florists were behind that one.
2: Yeah, they probably had some dirt on Elton John, so they made him call that song Eng- England's Rose. Yes, that's right. That they
0: they was the world's uh, fastest uh, remake of a
2: song. 1-800-Flowers is like, we've got Bernie Toppin in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> if you do not... <laughs>
0: They're like holding a rose with a thorn against his neck.
2: I think the real victims
1: uh, are the paparazzi because uh, they got falsely accused. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was thinking, you know, how are the paparazzi doing these days with social media? No one's going to pay that much for a picture anymore when people are just going to post them, you know, for free and make the money themselves.
2: I guess maybe the transition of the obsession with being is is more on individual people for being famous. Mm-hmm. You know, Instagram influencers maybe. Yeah, or, that's true. You know, well, with what they get paid. What could we be influencers of? Like <laughs> futuristic boxing?
0: Hot Something. air balloons.
2: What could we market? In? What's our market to sell hot air balloons? Dur- <laughs> <dirigible>. the <laughs> Is
0: there a big <laughs> dirigible market out there?
2: Political balls like that you roll down the street like Taylor Tippecanoe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think oh those God. are coming back. September the first. You know, When you're researching something, it's really good to go back and make sure you're doing the right dates. (laughs) Because I spent an hour or two doing research on uh, July
2: 1st. That's my fault, man. I I texted that.
0: So, uh, no, that's okay. So it's September 1st, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm on the fly here. So you'll have to forgive me. But I picked this one because it has to do with Iowa. Just soft spot here. But uh, September first, eighteen fifty four so you're in my sweet spot still. Yeah. first railroad bridge across the Mississippi River. The cornerstone bridge is laid uh, between Rock Island, Illinois and Davenport, Iowa, huh. completed uh, in two years. so And I got a fun fact to go with this. Um, so near where this probably is is a like the narrowest point on the Mississippi between like two states. So right. when I was a kid, my dad's tug-of-war team did a tug-of-war across the Mississippi. So there was really? a team on the oh. Illinois side and a team on the Iowa side, and they did a tug-of-war across the Mississippi. Cool. So, did, wow. the, did the losers yeah. fall in to the river? Uh, I don't think so. They were they were both on like a boat ramps on each side. So I think they uh, were a couple feet out of the water.
2: Yeah, that's just a fascinating time period, the tug-of-war time period of, the, of your dad's generation.
0: Is it? Do you want to go back and watch them? <laughs>
2: Those guys, it's early 80s, weird lost yeah, time of history. That's, that's true. And the it, guys had like impossibly large forearms and quads and short shorts.
0: Yes, the, the quads and the calves yeah. are like uh, the size of a beach ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's it's one of those things that like the first time you see it, you're like, wow. And then the second time you see it, you're like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's rewatchability factor is basically zero I, I said this exact two words to our baseball team last night To my 11-year-olds uh, September 1st, 1968 The first U.S. school committed to exclusively training circus clowns So a clown college Is established <laughs> in Venice, Florida By Irvin Field of the Ringling Brothers Barnum & Bailey Circus Nice. Last um, night in the dugout after the game, I said you guys couldn't beat a clown college. I well, said those exact words, and then today I'm seeing that, so it just it made me laugh. I'm not gonna good. lie. One of the kids on the team I really like looked at me, and he was about in tears. So I was like, <laughs> "Uh oh, I totally misjudged that one." Yeah. But uh, that that'd be awesome to get a you know like you go in some people's offices and they have their degrees up on the wall, and you have like a hmm. a picture of Bozo on your <laughs> on your College certificate.
2: And you're both, he's handing you the degree, and you're both like really serious and proud. You're in debt for like $48,000. <laughs> I know it's <laughs> never cheap. Gonna,
0: I got to make a lot of dog balloons to <laughs> pay this baby off.
2: September the 2nd. Uh, American assassin uh, Daniel James White, he killed in 1978, he killed Harvey Milk and San Francisco Mayor George Munscone. And uh, there's all kinds of uh, backstory on related to important discussions on civil rights for the LGBTQ community and all that. But the interesting thing that I kind of found was that they called it his lawyer used something called the Twinkie defense. Uh, He claimed diminished capacity uh, for White because he, he he had depression caused by a diet of junk food and sugary drinks. And so I actually. Understand that? Yeah, I used to eat a lot of uh, zebra cakes. I don't know if you remember oh, that, a Little yeah. Debbie. Hmm. <laughs> and I love zebra cakes, but they put you in a bad mood. <laughs> like they like put you in a foul <laughs> demeanor, <laughs> and you're afterward, and you're wondering why you feel the way you do. <laughs> and, and it was the zebra cakes. Uh, it's yeah, you, any... you
0: feel the opposite of after you work out, like that euphoric thing of like yes. after you're done working out. <laughs> You feel the yeah. exact opposite after you've eaten two zebra cakes. <laughs> <I know. laughs>
2: like if you could squeeze a, a handful of zebra cakes in like a dirty fist, that's the way your body feels overall after you eat them. September 2nd, 1993, five-hour standoff in Maryland, uh, a guy was in a house. He'd killed his girlfriend. Maryland police sent in a three-foot-tall remote-controlled robot who disabled him with a water blast and allowed the police to enter.
1: Yeah, you wonder why um, they didn't make the robot a little taller. You know,
0: why not go all the way? <laughs> <laughs> At least, guys, see, we've uh, we've we've blown the budget. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> All right, stop right there. We can't afford three more foot or feet of robot. So
2: they do the big reveal, and it's like on Spinal Tap when they reveal yeah, the size of yeah. the Stonehenge. He's in danger of being trampled by dwarves. Bob Denver uh, died September second, two thousand five. So uh, Gilligan, uh, first name on the TV show was actually Willie Willie Gilligan. Um, the great. There's a couple great things about Bob Denver. Uh, he was arrested twice for marijuana. First time in nineteen seventy one. Uh, where he paid a two hundred fifty dollar fine, but the next time in nineteen eighty eight, he was arrested uh, uh, because mar- marijuana was delivered to his house. He said when it, he told the cops originally that the delivery came from Mary Ann, the, the actress of Marianne on Gilligan's Island. Um, but anyway, he backed down later and he and he, he pled no contest. But um, another great thing is there's been a lot of reports of his death over the years. It was like a thing. In 1961, um, Bob Denver was reported dead more than 36 times in over 30 states. <laughs> so, apparently, it was like a a prank or a, or a thing to do. Um, later, it, it swept through Twitter in 2012 that he was dead uh, and that he had just died, but he had died seven years earlier. So, the reports um, of Bob Denver's death are greatly exaggerated. <laughs> J.R.R. Tolkien uh, died September 2nd, 1973. Um, I found this on mentalfloss.com. Uh, it said J.R.R. Tolkien was a romantic. At age 16, he fell in love with a woman who was three years older than them. He couldn't date her until he was 21, and he may- and she broke off her engagement, and they got married and were married for the rest of their life. Um, on their gravestone, Tolkien has the words uh, "Baron" and luthian, which is a reference to a famous pair of star-crossed lovers from the fictional world he created. So,
0: I will say, without him, you would probably not have the music of Led Zeppelin or Rush or other... Or the
2: Magic the Gathering Hall of Fame.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: September the 3rd.
1: Got this uh, beauty from the website of uh, India's Ministry of Culture that in 1752, the calendar had become 11 days out of sync with the solar cycle. And so Britain made the decision, we're just going to skip and go ahead to September 14th. So there was no September 3rd. In 1752, or up to September, up through uh, the 13th, um, they switched That's from awesome. the Julian calendar, which they had been on, which got out of sync, to the Gregorian calendar, uh, that can, is the calendar used uh, today. Um, people rioted in the streets because they
0: felt like the government had stolen <laughs> 11 days of their life. <laughs> but I, but I had a whole bunch of appointments that week. <laughs> The only reason I even know what a Julian thing is, is because one of our vendors marks all their boxes. And one time he's like, well, what's the Julian date code? And I'm like, what are those words you just said? (laughs) So he explained it to me. But I'm like, why are you using obsolete, archaic?
2: In this truck company supply. (laughs) In the year
0: of our Lord. (laughs) I was like, Julian date code. Okay, you're going to have to explain that. gregorian so like gregorian monks they're just chanting we will skip the following week (laughs) in 1811
1: john humphrey Noyes was born um and he founded the oneda community now oneda makes fine silverware and plateware um (laughs) but back in the 1840s this group was formed um basically on a few tenets. uh one was they believed they're kind of a re- reverse doomsday cult and that they re- they believed that jesus had already come back in 17 a.d and that we're living in like the the post time before the mm-hmm. end of the world and mm-hmm. so uh they believed that you could also become free from sin and so one day he declared himself free from sin uh but uh The interesting thing was in the community itself, they practiced um, complex marriage. Uh, They believed that everybody was married to everybody else. But the catch Hmm. was that they also believed in male sexual continence, which I didn't know what that was, but now I know. And it's when you, (laughs) it's when you, it was a form of birth control. So the guys would be allowed to have sex. But they couldn't they couldn't finish the job. And that oh, was their form um, of birth control. What? Yeah. And so control that's the worst ever. I've been out in like two seconds. What? Those are the rules? Um, see ya. <laughs> but yeah, well, it works because uh, you know, kept the population down the women weren't always pregnant and um is there some sort of way to control this what is
0: this sorcery
1: (laughs) there was a training process though and the training was that the younger men would sleep with the uh older women that have already gone through menopause i guess to practice so to speak
2: (laughs) oh man (sighs) And then he went to found the silver and they as a, to make a living.
1: They sold various items, and what what still exists today are oneda um, flatware and silverware. In fact, I looked in my cupboard, and the dishes I have are oneda.
2: Wow. Yeah,
1: but I was wondering, like, <clears throat> like how do you know when when you're done? Like, if that's your thing, like you just say, okay, it's been long enough. Thanks. Bye.
0: <laughs>
2: September the 4th. All right, Nate, bringing us home September 4th. All right, July 4th.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. So, uh, it, it, I genuinely mean it's a sad day because, uh, the crocodile hunter, uh, September 4th, uh, 2006, uh, the crocodile hunter, Steve Irwin, uh, Australian naturalist, uh, TV show host, wildlife expert died after being fatally pierced in the heart by a stingray barb off uh, Queensland, Australia's Great Barrier Reef. Uh, He was filming a shallow water segment for his documentary uh, on (laughs) the ironically titled Ocean's Deadliest. (laughs) (laughs) How prophetic. But uh, when my kids were little, they loved Crocodile Hunter. Uh, I love Crocodile Hunter. um, Just such a like. Positive vibes, guy. You mm-hmm. couldn't help but like, you're like, man, I wish I was that happy. I think that's just him. Yeah. In real life, if you're just sitting at a bus stop with him, you'd probably be calling 911. But, <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it's, it's like a guy that it's okay to laugh at. Yeah. And it's totally fine. I've yeah. always
0: heard Australians have no idea who he is. September 4th, 1639. So we're going back kind of into my era. But, uh, The state of Massachusetts bans uh, drinking a toast. So like when you clink your glasses at a wedding or something, it says uh, they felt it was a useless ceremony stating the common custom of drinking to one another is a mere useless ceremony. And it draws on the abominable practice of drinking. The law was repealed in 1645. (laughs) (laughs) Toasts are kind of
1: useless, though.
0: Um, I've, I've really I really hate, heard I a I a hate when people do that. Have you guys ever like been the one like uh, conducting a toast? I've
2: Matt's done several at my weddings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I've Who done a few. You? Yeah, He sharpens his skills every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm ready for Toastmasters now.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, what just, is Toastmasters? Do you get up and practice toasting? I've heard of talking? that. Before. I have no idea what that is. They meet in like a IHOP or something, and they they stand there and toast. It's like it's public speech practice.
0: Uh, that sounds awful. Both those things, <laughs> <laughs> IHOP
1: and public speaking. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, but I just i I hate the idea of a toast because I've a few times had people toast, and you're just like, "What are you doing right now?" You just want to be like, "What are you doing?" like why doesn't everybody raise their glass to I'm like ah oh, <laughs> I hate that. Nate, did I make an yeah. awful business,
1: man? Did I make an awful toast at your wedding? Because I remember like kind of being in a fight with um uh, with my ex at the time and uh not being in a very good mood or a very good mental state about marriage and I I kind of remember <laughs> myself like giving you a toast like man <laughs> You better make sure there's something really awful. But maybe that's just that's just in my mind.
0: Were you just like two words pre nup, (laughs) And you smash the glass on the ground. Uh, September 4th, 1866 uh, is the birthday of Simon Lake. It's funny that he's got an aquatic name because he's the father of the submarine. Hmm. American engineer father of the modern submarine. Didn't we talk about this before?
2: We talked about the non-modern submarine. this is the
0: modern submarine. This is the one that doesn't have a a sliding glass door. It doesn't have a skylight. It's fully enclosed. It's not made out of cheesecloth. He built his sub in 1894. How scary would it be to be the first guy testing that? Like, Mm, hey, uh, hey, go go get Rick in the warehouse. (laughs) We're going to test this out. What do you mean, boss? We need you to get in this thing. What is (laughs) it? Do what? And die. <laughs> yeah, eighteen ninety four. I don't. I don't want to know the technology because you'd have to no. have back then. Wasn't it like diving bells and those weird helmet dealies and mm. stuff like that?
2: And then you get the everybody got the bends. You do. You still get the bends. People get. The, you still get the bends. I don't get the bends. I know we've even talked about it, and I guess I get it, but I don't understand mean, how
0: you die from it, though. People die all the time from the bends if you surface too quickly
2: if I'm sitting in a submarine and it's completely enclosed and I'm going up or down in the water, shouldn't the what, pressure stay the same? Shouldn't it? What is the difference to the water or to me? I don't get it. I don't know. You should Do test you it. Get it in a submarine. I don't know.
0: You should go down with James Cameron next time. He needs more attention because he's such an
2: attention whore. He does seem like a guy that's super talented. That's really unlikable. That would be like, Way more famous if he was actually likable. That's the only difference. It's like uh, Tim Duncan. Mm. Same thing.
0: Yeah. George Lucas also has that vibe of... there's There's an unlikable thing about George Lucas... Like he's just smug yeah. and
2: he's better than it's, you. This is a jawline beard. If he, the if he
0: shaves that beard,
2: it's just nothing.
0: It's just one to the other. <laughs> just all it's putting. It's chin to just collarbone. A wall of flesh. <laughs> just a wall of flesh.
2: I wonder if guys ever get tattooed beards, jawline beards. That would make sense. But then I guess it would shift if you ever lost weight. You know, <laughs> way down by your chest. Think. Oh. All right, guys. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to This Week in History. Uh, we're back, so please check us out next week, and uh, have a great week. Yeah. Bye,
0: everybody.
1: But I was wondering, like, <clears throat> like, how do you know when, when you're done? Like, if that's your thing? Like, you just say, okay, it's been long enough. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to Think Funny. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and tell a friend. If you have comments or topics for the guys, you can email them at thinkfunnypodcast at gmail.com. And check out aarondonnley.com for today's show notes and much more.
1: I mean she was steamer. And that time over at